All right. Well, we were talking to the chair of the Halton District School Board. She brought up the um, vaccine that was had some hopeful results from uh, AstraZeneca and Britain's Oxford uh, University. So uh, we thought we'd bring on our favorite infectious disease specialist, Dr. Suman Chakrabarty, who is with the Trillium Health Partners. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Thanks. Great to be back. All right. Well, listen, two coronavirus vaccine trials are getting a lot of headlines right now. They're showing promising early results. One of them is in the UK. The other is in China. And human clinical trials of COVID-19 vaccines from the UK and China are both in uh, showing some some big promise right now. The first one we're going to talk about is a vaccine from AstraZeneca. It's they are creating this with uh, Britain's University of Oxford and the World Health Organization's chief scientist says this is the leading candidate. Um, what's so promising about this vaccine? Yeah, you know, you know first of all, it's great news to see actually some good news on the COVID front. And the big thing about this vaccine is that it kind of works by the conventional mechanisms that we know for other uh, vaccines. It looks like now that there is evidence that there is forming some neutralizing antibodies. So there's a proof of concept that it certainly has the possibility of working. Now we have to test it. You may have heard this idea of dual immunity. What that generally means is that it's both uh, allowing the body to produce antibodies and also to kind of help to prime the quarter backs of the immune response, which is the T cells. So this is something that can give a very good, robust immune response if it works and it looks promising. Okay, so what what is the difference between an antibody and a T cell for those of us that might not know and we've heard of them before, but just maybe clarify. Absolutely. So an antibody is kind of, it's a special type of molecule that it does two things. It can either um, uh, attach itself to a virus or some kind of bacteria and neutralize it just by the uh, act of attaching to it, or it can tag something. It can tag a virus and then the immune system goes, okay, I can see that and I'm going to take it out of circulation. A T cell, however, is more of like a, is more of a quarterback, I keep saying. It, it coordinates this response so it can make other cells do its work for it. So if it sees a cell that's infected, the T cell will then give signals to the other hmm. uh, arms of the immune system. You guys go over there and take that cell out. And that's, uh, it's a much more robust response. And when you have a T cell involved, many years later, even if you haven't been exposed to it for a long time, it will remember and it can have that immunity. Oh, and that's interesting because when we're talking about um, some people that have have previously had COVID, I understand like Tom Hanks, they were looking at the antibodies in Tommy Hanks' uh, plasma and they're they're noticing that the antibody count is dropping after the longer he uh, goes within recovery from uh, COVID-19. So if the antibodies fade, the T-cells hopefully will still remain, you know, aware of the fact COVID-19 could be in your system. That's right. Now, of course, it still is a possibility that the T-cell immunity will also wane with time. We do see that in, in certain types of vaccines as well. But that said, you know, at least if you have this one on board, there's the chance that you can have a bit longer immunity. But it might be the, ca- the case that let's say if this vaccine does work, it might be something like a flu vaccine where you'd have to kind of take it, uh, you know, uh, every year, every couple of years. When it comes to AstraZeneca, I know their shares surged yesterday after the news uh, surfaced that they were having positive results with their clinical trials, didn't prompt any serious side effects. They say that the strongest response is seen in people who receive two doses. Is it unusual that a vaccine would come in two doses? 
no, that, that's actually quite common. And we have many vaccines like that that have multiple doses. For example, the hepatitis B vaccine, one of the most effective vaccines in the world, is three doses. That new shingles vaccine that came out a number of years ago, maybe I think 2015, it's two doses. So it's quite common and it's important for us to find the right fit for uh, the largest uh, proportion of the population. One of the challenges with the vaccine and this vaccine is that they still don't know how strong an immune response is. They need to provoke uh, it to effectively protect against SARS-CoV-2. Is, is that why 32,000 people have volunteered to not only take this vaccine, but to be exposed to the virus? How unusual is that? Yeah, that, that is pretty uh, uh, awesome. And obviously, I, I, I want to give my heartfelt thanks to the people that would be uh, volunteering. Of course, there's a different ways of looking at you don't have to infect people directly with the virus to, in order to see that the vaccine works. But certainly, volunteers for vaccine trials are, um, are obviously present, but so, so much more so with the SARS-CoV-2. This is something that is affecting all of us. And I do think that they're going to play a huge part in us finding uh, whether this vaccine works or not. Adrian Hill is the director of Oxford University's Jenner Institute, where, where all the research is going on. He said that it, it remains possible that the vaccine could be in use by the end of the year. Should we be getting our hopes up? Like, How big of a job is production and then distribution? Because I was having this conversation yesterday and someone was getting all excited about and saying, well, I can't wait till this ends. And I said, well, you know, you know, put a pin in that for a minute. It's going to take some time. How long does it normally take to get a vaccine up and running? Well, this is the big thing. Outside of COVID, the fastest I've ever heard is four years. The average is anywhere from eight to 10. It's going to be faster than that. And I have a, a good buddy, Dr. Isaac Bogach, he and I have a bet. So he thinks that the needles will go into arms at the end of this year. I'm thinking more, you know, mid-2021. And this is a bet that I hope I lose. But I do think it's going to be longer mm-hmm. than the end of this year. Did you wager a lot on it? Uh, a beer. <laughs> <laughs> a beer. Wow. Or a couple. You guys are the like the top top uh, guys when it comes to infectious disease, and your all your uh, wagering is a beer. Okay. Um, there's also another possibility here. There's a COVID nineteen vaccine being developed by Ken Sino and China's military research unit. It's also being shown to be safe and has induced an immune response in most recipients. I understand that. Um, the Chinese military has already greenlit it to be used, and the National Research Council of Canada announced Monday that it could work with CanSino. It, would we be, you know, leaning towards CanSino because there's going to be big competition for that um, that other vaccine, AstraZeneca, worldwide? It's a very, very good point. And this is one of the things that it does concern me is that let's say if we do have a vaccine, how are we going to get it to where it needs to be? Now, of course, we all need the vaccine, but there's certain places that are having more, you know, uncontrolled growth that might need it more. How are we going to equitably distribute this? So it's, it, this is a possibility. To be honest, this is, this is not something that I know a lot about, but I do think that this tension is going to be part of the decision of which way we end up going. Should we be worried about the side effects of a fast-track vaccine? I know they say that there's minimal side effects, uh, but there's still side effects. Absolutely. And this is one thing that I maintain. One thing that we do not want to do is rush these safety trials. And that's what partly is done with this, you know, these major uh, large population testing, because sometimes you don't see any major uh, side effects until you test it on many people. And then you realize there might be something rare, but it's something there that you have to be aware of. We also have to be careful that once the vaccine comes out, 
post-marketing studies need to be done as well because that's one of the points you can sometimes see side effects. So again, safety needs to be looked at very, very closely, shouldn't be rushed. And I do think that will be the rate limiting step because nobody wants to rush this uh, if they're going to put out something that's not going to be safe. All right. Well, you know, uh, I, I you are my favorite of uh, the infectious disease specialist to have on the program. But I'm going to go with Dr. Bogash, who I'm also fond of when it comes to his bet, because I agree with you, although you did wager that it would be uh, mid next year. He's hoping that needles will be in arm uh, in people's arms with a vaccine for COVID-19 by the end of this year. I'd love to see him win that bet. I, I agree. And then remember, don't forget beers, but also bragging rights. So that's why I think okay. that uh, I hope he, hope he wins. <laughs> All right. Have yourself a fantastic day. Thank you so much, Dr. Trek Rabardi. Thank you, Kelly. Take care.